In the world of manufacturing, change is the only constant. How are small and medium-sized manufacturers, SMMs, to keep up with new technologies, regulations, and other important shifts, let alone leverage them to become leaders in their industries? Shifting Gears, a podcast from CMTC, highlights leaders from the modern world of manufacturing, from SMMs to consultants to industry experts. Each quarter, we go deep into topics pertinent to both operating a manufacturing firm and the industry as a whole. Join us to hear about the manufacturing sector's latest trends, groundbreaking technologies, and expert insights to help SMMs in California set themselves apart in this exciting modern world of innovation and change. I'm Greg Profesich, Director of Advanced Manufacturing Technologies at CMTC, and I'd like to welcome you. In this episode, I am joined by Hannah Going, Director of Marketing at Excel RF Instruments Corporation, and Alex Mead, the VP of Sales and Marketing at Beacons Point. Hannah and Alex discuss inbound marketing and detail the steps to getting started. Hannah offers her insights from her personal experience with inbound marketing and how it's led to higher quality leads and improved sales for her company. Alex and Hannah close with the ways to get company buy-in and how to get the most out of inbound marketing. Welcome, Hannah. It's great to have you here today. Thanks, Greg. Good to be here. And welcome, Alex. I'm so happy you could join us today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us. Great to have you both here. Uh, before we get started, if you want to just take a minute or two and kind of talk a little bit about your, what you do at your company and what your company is all about, that would kind of give some context to our listeners. So, Hannah, why don't you go first? Sure, yeah. I work here at Accelerf Corporation. We're uh, over here in uh, Kearney Mesa area of San Diego. And I've been here, uh, gosh, like seven or eight years actually now. Um, I'm the director of marketing here. And our company is a manufacturer in the semiconductor space. We build test equipment uh, for accelerated life testing that essentially assesses the reliability of semiconductor devices over time. So, you know, we like to say we're technology agnostic, (laughs) any kind of device technology, um, but we're working with a lot of semiconductor partners worldwide. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. And Alex, tell us about yourself and Beacons Point. Yeah, uh, my name is Alex Mead, and I'm uh, one of the co-founders here at Beacons Point, and we are an inbound and content marketing agency, and we do work with uh, manufacturers and, and software companies, really in the B2B space, providing that understanding of who your customer is, building out that inbound and content strategy, and then implementing and kind of delivering on that strategy to target the right customers with the right content and converting at the right time. Excellent. Thank you for that. I'm excited about our conversation today. The topic is inbound marketing, and I believe it's particularly relevant in today's world. While it's been around for a number of years, particularly in companies in the direct-to-consumer and service spaces, it has not necessarily reached full adoption in the manufacturing sector. So to get us started, how do you define inbound marketing? Kind of talk to us about what it is, and maybe more importantly, what it's not. Great question. And inbound marketing is something that is relatively new as a tactic. I mean, last 10 years, it's really developed into more mainstream, but it's under this idea that a a customer goes through what they call a buyer's journey. And when you are looking for a product or service, you might come in and not really know anything about the industry or the service that you're looking for, and you start from kind of square one. And that's really kind of the awareness stage of this process where you're trying to 
learn as much as you can about it. So at that stage, you might not really know much about it, but you know it exists, you know you have this problem and you're trying to solve for it. And you kind of go through this buyer's journey where then it's more of an engage, where it's like, now I know I have a problem, I've realized some of the solutions, and now I want to really identify specific companies that have specific solutions that might be good for me. And you kind of go through this buyer's journey uh, all the way down to conversion or convert where you know, you're, you've come to make a decision to buy or to engage with a company. And inbound is really creating highly effective and engaging content throughout this buyer's journey to help your customer learn about it, learn about what you do as an overall industry, learn about why you and your services are different, then really learn like what is the social proof, what are the case studies, show that you know what you're doing, and then how to make them uh become what we call a promoter in the delight stage where you are now that you've become a customer you want them to tell everybody about you and tell you how great your services were and continue to give them tools to better educate themselves and better you know use your tools or products or come back to purchase often and so when you when you think of inbound there's an understanding that there's this thing called the buyer's journey and you as a company that's in, you know engaging in inbound marketing is creating highly you know high effective content that is engaging, it's educational, it's valuable. You're really trying to help them in this process. And ultimately, that'll lead to purchasing from your services or hiring you as a company. I think uh, from our perspective here for for inbound marketing, um, we talk about things that are going to have potential customers looking for us. Um, So putting out material to them that's educational in nature, that will help establish us as a subject matter expert, and that's just attractive to them from a learning point of view. Um, that will kind of lead them to uh, our company and and our brand and solutions for their problems. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Alex, anything to add to that? I think oftentimes, you know, pre kind of this inbound revolution, it was tactics that were kind of in your face when you didn't want them to be there. And really inbound is creating content distributing that content where your potential customers are and really trying to be helpful first through content. So it's not so much sending out ads and, and trying to get me to buy. It's more trying to engage me, if you will. Is that, is that kind of the way it works? I think that's a good way to think of it. You know, manufacturers, they solve something. They're producing something for somebody who needs it. Um, and so there's different cases of how you can engage. But if you've got a product and you're trying to manufacture it, you're going to be looking for someone to solve that. And if you can find information about that process, what makes it good, what makes it bad, what makes it more efficient, you know, why nearshore versus offshore. If you can find that educational information, you can make more informed decisions. And most likely you're going to go with the person who's been providing that value to you. Okay, excellent. One hears a lot of buzzwords over time, and I'm sure our manufacturers that are listening are are no, no exception. Can you contrast for us the similarities and differences between inbound marketing and maybe digital marketing and some of the other buzzwords they may have heard? Sure. You know, this this is an interesting question because we run into this problem. Some, you know, oftentimes with our clients is they say digital, we say inbound. And really the lines mix quite a bit. And digital marketing really refers to anything that's digital. So content consumed via digital blogs, downloadable PDFs, that's all digital. Putting out Google search ads, Facebook, email marketing, you know, social media, all of that's digital. Inbound, a lot of it takes place online, but inbound, an event can be part of an inbound campaign. Direct mail can be part of an inbound campaign. And so the lines certainly cross. I think it really comes down to inbound is more of a methodology and a tactic 
that's part of digital marketing, but it's not necessarily limited to just things digital. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think the way that we've seen it work for us, as Alex is talking about folding in the event space, because coming from, you know, a sort of older, more established industry where events used to be a big part of, or maybe all of what we did uh, as far as trade shows and technical conferences and that kind of thing, the way that we're able to still fold those live events into an overall inbound strategy I think kind of makes it a little bit different than just purely digital marketing. Okay. To add a little bit more there, Hannah kind of reminded me of a few things there. Part of a good inbound campaign oftentimes is social media, is digital advertising, Google search. I mean, those things often make uh, an inbound marketing campaign more effective. And so, again, those lines are very blurry when it comes to how do you define one or the other. Excellent. Great point. So the buyer's journey, I mean, if you look out on the internet, you can find, you know, the attract, convert, close and delight kind of stages of inbound marketing, right? I'd imagine there's different tools that you use and different content that you publish along the way. Can we talk a little bit about that maybe? And Hannah, Hannah well, you can lead this one off and then go back to Alex afterwards on kind of some of the tools you use at different stages and why we would use them and why they're effective maybe. Sure, yeah, it's another great question. And one of the things we actually did in this process really early on was um, some work on developing buyer personas, right? And that's one of the kind of linchpins of this inbound strategy is that you have to be able to put yourself in your customer's shoes and understand from their point of view what it is they're looking for, what are their pain points, and what are they trying to solve? And, you know, every company is going to be a little different in how many different personas you're, you're trying to serve. You know, for us, we had kind of two main where there's a very technical track where we're talking to engineers and, uh, you know, highly educated and, and highly skilled people who've been in that um, arena for a long time. Um, and then we also had, you know, the kind of you know, company side that was more financially minded. And so we kind of had two tracks of content to, to work through and develop that were going to appeal to those two different personas um, at different points along their journey. At the very beginning, we're doing a lot of, you know, educational things, um, awareness pieces. So so things for us um, that were blogs and that sort of thing that were more explainers and kind of, you know, dip your toe in the water of this world where you're still trying to learn about uh, maybe the industry at large mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and sort of slowly starting to hone in on, on your pain point and your problem. So we lead off with a lot of blogs and kind of awareness stuff, uh, maybe short form video, but nothing that's too technically heavy. Um, for us in the early stages. And and as we work forward, um, especially in this engineering and kind of technical track, we're going to more tech-heavy pieces, things like white papers or or tech talks, even, you know, something like a webinar where we're really getting more longer form, um, but also just in-depth on on heavier technical content to kind of lead people down that education path. We really don't go too far in on, at this point, (laughs) one day maybe, um, but the, the handoff for us um, as we're, we're moving down that path to get someone that's, that's really truly ready to, to purchase or, or sales qualified, we haven't found a great replacement for our salespeople yet in the digital realm. So we focus really more on this front end of, of marketing awareness and those kind of technical pieces that will get people to the point to realize we're offering a solution for a problem they need to solve. Um, and then we're comfortable handing off to a person to kind of engage from that point. And, and walk through with, you know, our, our interested contacts at, at that stage. Excellent. Excellent. So you bring up the sales uh, connection. And I do want to talk about that a little later in one of the questions we're coming up on. So as, as I'm going through my buyer journey, if I'm hearing you both correctly, you're going to be publishing content that is going to engage with me and help, number one, give me an awareness 
uh, of more about this industry or more about this solution. And then as I move closer to that, you're going to draw me through interactions with your website, uh, interactions with emails you might send, interactions with other kinds of content you might put out so that I can figure out if you're a good fit to, to, to get me to engage further and really kind of make the, make the connections of why what you offer is a great solution. I come to the answer on my own then, right? It's not, Greg, you need to buy this. You're saying, hey, We've got some great stuff. Let us educate you a little bit about this. And the more I learn, the more uh, connected I am. Is that, is that the approach I'm hearing? Yeah, I think you came to a great summary on that. And what Hannah said, buyer persona is, is really kind of what dictates the entire inbound strategy mm-hmm. from what content you create, from how you communicate. Maybe it's an email, maybe it's a text message, maybe it's on a forum. You know, it, it really just depends on who you're targeting, what their preferences are, what their habits are, what their biggest challenges are, and then you create that content and and distribute it and deliver it how they were mostly engaged. Okay. There have been a number of marketing approaches that have been used over the years and lots of different techniques that have been employed by various in various ways over time. How is inbound marketing different than those other approaches? I think we just started to touch on it, but let's go a little more in depth into that of how what the strategy or the philosophy of inbound marketing is. For, for me, I think of it as, look, there's a lot of noise in this industry. There's a lot of people saying things or there's a lot of people looking for answers and I want to help them find the right answer. And, you know, most businesses, they have buyer personas and they have their, their ICPs. What that is, that's an ideal customer profile. Ideal customer profiles are really built. Most sales teams have those identified it's a way to define who they're targeting. And so that might be manufacturers with a specific code or with a specific industry type with revenue or headcount uh, capacity, you know, someone that would be an ideal fit for their product or services. You don't work with everybody. We at Beacons Point, there's, we, don't, we don't work with just everybody. We have a very select few industries that we work with. And by, by doing that, we know what to say. We know how to. We know how to go about that, and we know how to be helpful. There's no. There's no wrong combination of types of marketing services that can benefit a business. It's really never one size fits all. And I think a lot of companies hear inbound and think, well, I don't want to go inbound because this thing, this service also works for us. And I think one of those kind of uh, misconceptions of inbound is that it's just purely writing content and, and creating white papers. But it's really more of a methodology of help first and sell second, where you know, more of a traditional sense is how do I convince them to buy versus how do I give them tools for them to be educated and be better at their jobs or help that business first? So it sounds like more of a partnership kind of philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Hannah, anything to add to that? Yeah, I think just, you know, a little on um, the business perspective of it. And and I think, you know, maybe uniquely for us as a, a small business manufacturer, and maybe I'm talking to a lot of people here who are in that same realm, the inbound methodology and, and the way that it's wrapped up with you know digital marketing tools and strategy was a big leap for us um, as far as modernization. We didn't really have access to a lot of metrics, data, analytics on any of the efforts we were doing prior to kind of jumping into this world. And you know there were a lot of dollars maybe spent on um, industry publication advertising or events, um, but not a clear way to show any kind of link of, of what that money was doing for you. Uh, you know we didn't have. Uh, you know, maybe from a trade show, you had a list of leads, but um, you didn't really have a lot of attention paid to 
what stage those leads were in, if they were ever going to turn into dollars, um, who did we reach, you know, who opened this email, even, you know, things as simple as that, that, that we didn't have visibility into prior to jumping into this kind of digital world. Um, and then also, you know, from a, a small business point of view, you know, here I'm a, a kind of one person marketing department. Um, and the reach we can have through some of these platforms now and the way that we can appear as a larger company who, you know, is making a lot more touches with customers than one person would ever be able to do manually is, is really huge. And I know, you know, customers who, who learn about us and come to us and then, you know, realize that we're actually a 15-person show here are always kind of floored that we're able to have the reach and the communication breadth that we do um, with so few people. And so the way that we're able to leverage our marketing spend in this world is a big asset to us as a small company. So, sounds like you've had some great results. Okay, so inbound marketing sounds like a very useful tool in the marketer's toolbox. Does it replace all the others or is it part of a larger whole? How does it fit in with uh, things small manufacturers might already be doing now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, that's a, that's a really good question. It, it's certainly not a uh, replacement um, for us. And, you know, when you're in an industry that's been operating a certain way for decades, you're not going to replace, you know, face-to-face relationships and touches with a wholly digital platform. And, you know, we've got a lot of people that, that we talk with that have been in industry 40, 50 years. And so this world to them is very different. We still are very much relying on some of our events and, and technical conferences, especially because we're always trying to reach out to a very engineering-heavy audience. Um, and, and those are folks that like to get in a room and, and take a class that's, you know, in conjunction with a, a trade show. So all of that stuff is still in place for us. And we've kind of folded, you know, more of the digital strategy and the inbound methodology around all of it. What it does help us do is, is tighten up our, our reporting and our analytics that are available from those events because we're able to promote more heavily in a way that we couldn't before. We're able to analyze after the fact, you know, what worked and what didn't. Um, and just kind of raise our, our game, I would say, folding this in around all of the kind of older stuff that we did do um, that we're still doing. But now that we have this digital piece in play and the inbound methodology working for us, we can really put the missing pieces in that buyer journey around the events to try to make sure we're leading people down the path that we want to be leading them. So the events, the in-person events actually become opportunities for continuing someone down the buyer journey. I'd imagine you're, you're, you're collecting names and contact information and then doing follow-ups after an event, something like that. Is that, is that how it works, how it's integrated? Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Whereas before the calendar kind of focused around like, you know, an event a quarter or whatever it was, and it, it wasn't really part of a larger strategy. This has really made us think from that, you know, 30,000 foot view about where does this event fit? Who are we trying to reach? What do we really want to get out of it? Um, and, and that kind of attention and focus is is big. Um, and just the ability to kind of, you know, continually lead those, those people to something um, when we're not in the event and not in front of them face-to-face to get them to the next stage. Right. Um, that's where the digital content can really help fill in. So, so what would that look like in, in kind of tangible example? I come to one of your events as an engineer. I attend one of your uh, breakout sessions and learn the details and the technical aspects of a certain aspect of your, your technology or of the industry. Two weeks later, I get an email with a white paper type of thing. Is, is that what we're talking about? Other things of interest around that kind of affinity or that kind of domain expertise? Yeah, that's absolutely the idea. I mean, we actually, I mean, we just had one of our first virtual events just a a couple weeks ago. And so there are a list of people that unfortunately it wasn't a face-to-face thing, but that visited with us during that conference. And so, you know, I got an email list from the organizers of that event with, you know, here, here are your leads. 
And um, we do it the same way as if it were an in-person event that we used to do. And we're able to reach out to those people in a more targeted way after the fact, because we know that they visited us at this conference. And so we can make mention of something that we either talked about there. Mm-hmm. We can follow up with some targeted information that we didn't necessarily you know, hand over in the context of the trade show. That is something new. Um, that we'll just say, you know, hey, we talked about this solution. Here's another follow-up, you know, white paper or article that we wrote about this and kind of, you know, feed them the next thing in the stage that's, that's getting them closer to, to realizing, hey, my problem has this solution and, and these are the guys that know about it. Yeah. And so it's further participation, engaging in a conversation more through not just in person, but also digital white papers, uh, email, any, any various forms of communication. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, so Alex, I, I mean, Hannah's talking to us about, you know, the specifics at XLRF. You work with a number of different clients. Any other examples like that? Or, or maybe talk about the power and the value of the kind of approach that she's employing with, with, with some of your other clients as well. Yeah. The example Hannah gave, I think, is a great example because that, you know, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. doesn't matter if it's manufacturing or software. These events, both in person and now virtual, have been happening for a long time. And previously, if someone went to went to an event and, you know, you didn't have necessarily a good track record with them, you would just kind of send them your generic package of this is who we are and what we do. But if you know what event they went to, you know what breakout session they were at, what that topic was, you now can you now can extrapolate what their interests were, what level they're at, and you can send them information that is more relevant to what they're looking for and giving them the right information at the right time for them to take the next step or to realize they, you know, maybe this isn't the right path, which both cases are a win that, you know, you can allow people to identify their needs and challenges on their own. And with inbound, you know, one thing that's not always, you know, discussed as part of an inbound methodology is the, that, that Hannah touched on is like the, the data collection and information collection. There's data you know, what ads do they click on? Uh, do they have deals in the pipeline? Has sales reached out to them? But there's also information of what articles did they look at? What topics are those under? The attribution of a, of a, of a lead, you know, doesn't go in a straight line like we all put the diagram for. It usually bounces around to 15 to 20 different touch points, you know, going up, going back, reading an article, going to an event, reading a reading a blog, you know, engaging on social media, replying back to an email, and ultimately filling out a different form with a different, you know, person within your company. And so kind of touching on that, knowing where they were, what event, what virtual, what in person, you know, you can provide more value that will be more of a better customer's experience for them. And part of inbound, you know, the next iteration of inbound is this idea of customer experience. If you go to an event, and, and it's about a specific topic and you send something that is so out of the blue that's not relevant to them, that's a turnoff because they don't think you know what their needs are and mm-hmm. that's not a very personalized approach. Mm-hmm. And so with inbound, you know, with good data collection, with good CRM systems, that amplifies the ability of content and inbound. So, so Alex, you're talking about the, the user experience a little. I want to kind of expand on that because yeah. as I'm listening to both of you talk about the specifics of this, I'm thinking, you know, I went to a trade show. I attended your event. Uh, yeah, we exchanged business cards. If a week later I get a phone call from you, it becomes kind of a binary thing, right? 
I'm either ready to buy or I'm not, right? And, and so if you do the follow-up phone call and I'm not ready to buy, then it's really hard to do anything more after that because, you know, it, it, it kind of ends the relationship. But if you send me content and keep engaging with me and give me opportunities to learn more about you, you're kind of keeping me warm until I'm ready, if you will, or keeping me engaged with you until I'm ready. And it sounds like that's really what the strategy is all about. That's that's the end goal is that, that longer-term engagement because you know, try, trying to force a close on somebody who's not quite ready uh, can get you some some results sometimes, but it's not necessarily the best experience for the buyer, and it doesn't necessarily build a long term strong relationship. Yeah, there's a there's a time to sell, there's a time to close, uh, but most of the time, people, you know, especially in manufacturing, uh, a lot of other businesses, the sales cycles they're not short. They're not a couple days, couple weeks. They're usually a couple months, if not a couple years. Right. And it's really staying valuable, staying in, in contact and staying relevant in their eyes. So when it is time to make that decision, you're already top of mind for them. And I think what you were just talking about and describing is part of that, part of that strategy. Excellent. Excellent. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So, okay, tell us a little bit about what in the inbound marketing approach makes it something that small and mid-sized manufacturers in particular should be looking into. Because it's not necessarily the traditional way that most manufacturers have gone to market in the past. What about it is particularly powerful or valuable to them? I touched on that maybe a little bit before in in talking about sort of the business case for us and, and why this is so important and powerful is just what you can do in the inbound and digital world that used to take a whole team of people that you can do, you know, with a smaller staff um, in a more targeted approach, not spinning your wheels and, and wasting things that you know aren't returning results. So some of it is just that visibility and that, that loop and kind of being able to go through your own analytics and understand what's working and what's not and, and redeploying those efforts into things that are working. You know, I think for us in that small to mid-sized world, we, we don't have the bandwidth to call each person after a trade show, for example, and, and say, you know, hey, it was great meeting you. But what we can do in this inbound world and in, in the digital world is, is you know, make our communications feel personalized still to those people because we can select you know, certain things that we're going to send to follow up based on actions that they've taken previously. We are spending a lot of effort really diving in and understanding each lead and where they fall in our buyer journey that we've set up. The idea that you're really just putting yourself in the customer's shoes and understanding that you know, you're not wanting to to just like spam them with stuff and, and reach them at a point when they're not ready. But, you know, the whole idea of just nurturing them along um, with the, the appropriate content at the right times for them to be learning and continue to keep you top of mind, um, but also not having to spend a lot of manpower to do that just because there's so many, um, you know, automated tools and things available to help you execute on that kind of strategy. Okay. Alex, anything to add there? We're on the edge of the pandemic, almost getting back to normal. It's changed buyers, it's changed businesses, and there's a lot of things that aren't going to go back to the way they were. And I think, you know, as buyers change, as companies change, I mean, it's progress. And how you market and how you sell and how you do your business has to evolve. Uh, I mean, that's a that's always a thing. I mean, th- the companies that last a long time find ways to evolve and change. And I think that goes the same with marketing is that there's new there's a new generation of people doing business and they're using the internet they're googling they're doing their research they're asking friends and referrals and you know a lot of that has to do with if you recommend something you go straight to the internet and google that 
And I think businesses have the right knowledge to be helpful and to to show off their business and their skill sets. And with inbound and content marketing, you have this ability to do that at a relatively low cost that stays there and continues to work as long as that is a relevant topic. If you spend $5,000 a month on Google advertising, as soon as you turn it off, you're not getting any more leads from that. It's done. But if you spend money to create value-based content that has staying power or needs you know, updating every few years, that content's going to continue to produce based on the strategy of keywords. So you know, thinking about it of a long-term strategy, content is something that continues to grow. And you know, I think that's starting to creep into all industries, not just tech, not just software, uh, but I think it's really reaching into this manufacturing space as well. Excellent. Thank you for that. So Alex, like all other tools, they have an application to a specific problem, right? Inbound marketing is a tool in the toolkit. It can work great in certain situations, maybe not so great in other situations. Are there types of manufacturing companies that inbound marketing is probably not a really strong fit for? Or does it apply generally across all of manufacturing? That is a good question. I don't know if it's type of manufacturing as it is type of company. Mm-hmm. If it was a small team with no marketing department, you know, inbound, that's a little bit harder to implement. For inbound to work, you need to have some sort of marketing mind, marketing strategist to be there. Because I think I can argue the case that any business needs content in inbound. It might not need the full scope of inbound. It might need just awareness. It might need awareness and attract. But every business is going to need content marketing in the future. The Google algorithms are changing. Advertising policies are changing. And, you know, you won't be able to be as targeted with your Google ads, you know, in the future. But content and value-based content will still be uh, high ranking. So it's still going to be valuable for everybody. So pretty much applicable to certain degrees to any manufacturer is what I hear you saying. Yeah. If you think about the core of inbound is value-based educational content, I think every business could benefit from that. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to go back to the trade show kind of example, I collect 200 business cards. I can't call 200 people tomorrow or even the next day. It may take me two or three weeks to get through that whole list and actually talk to them, and then it's three-week-old information. Yeah. But I can send an email thanking them and saying, hey, click here to see more about this, and I can send that the next day. Yeah. Using these tools can really magnify my reach Yeah. Right. and, and take the human being out of being the bottleneck in, in the communication and, and, and allow the, the conversation to go much quicker. Let's take a step further than that. You collect 200 business cards uh, out of those 200 people, let's say 50 of them, 25% go, you know what, XLRF does look like something I could benefit from, I'm interested. You go to their website, and all of a sudden, they have the ability to read more, learn more. Uh, there's extra resources, there's additional you know, blogs, there's video content. You know, There's things that are actually helpful to that person. Now they're going to reach out. Right. You don't even have to reach out to them. Right. And I think the idea of inbound, you know, often people say, well, we're an outbound sales org. We don't do inbound. And, you know, the way I see it, and I think a lot of companies are starting to realize this, that when you have a strong inbound, your outbound becomes more effective. Mm -hmm. Because if you guys ever get a cold email and you click on a link, if it's something valuable and you see like the trust, you see case studies, then you reply. And I think a good inbound uh, is a, is as helpful to a good outbound strategy as well. Right. So, so if you know, if I've never heard of your company before yesterday at the trade show. If I go on your website and there's almost nothing there, 
I don't have necessarily a lot of credibility. Yeah. But there, if there's a lot of content there and you're all around the space that I have a problem in, it sounds like you guys are, have, have some real capabilities here. You've got the, the, the kind of credibility or gravitas that, okay, yeah, I want to engage with you more because you might be the solution to my problem, right? And, and so yeah. that, digi that digital presence uh, magnifies that one-on-one -on -one interaction from traditional marketing and, and sales techniques is what I hear you saying. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So if I'm an, a small, mid-sized manufacturer, internally within my organization, I need my people to uh, engage and buy into the process, right? Because I have to have them help me create the content, right? Uh, it's not just going to be the marketer who's writing the blogs and the white papers and all those things. It's, it's that piece. What's, what's that journey like? What's that experience like? And maybe, Hannah, you're probably a little closer to this, uh, probably having experienced it directly. Maybe you want to talk about that one first, and then I'll let Alex go after that. Yeah, you know, it is a challenge, um, and, and that is something that, you know, to be aware of and, and to kind of, you know, analyze yourself as an organization before you're going to dive in here of, of where you are and your ability to create content. Um, and that was honestly one of the, the big worries for me going in um, to this, just knowing that we try to reach such a highly technical audience that me as a non-engineering background marketer, I have no way of, of faking that knowledge. So if I'm going to talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, sure, I can tell them about our company, I can tell them about our product, but within a matter of minutes, we're going to get to a technical level that's, that's over my head. And so in trying to create content, you know, I, I can help and assist with, with blogs, but I'm not going to be able to write a white paper for our organization. That's going to require one of our engineers, one of our CTOs, our CEO. And, you know, because we're such a small company, it, it gets up to the, the top of that pyramid pretty quick of whose who's time you're asking for, right, in creating the content. But I will say that there are a lot of very creative ways once we do have, you know, the right person to answer the technical challenge that we've been able to capture content and deploy it and redeploy it and refactor it and deploy it again into different formats um, and make it really work for us in a lot of different ways. One of the very smart things we do is, you know, we record calls and take transcripts and can employ a team of, of writers to dive in on those, which, you know, Beacon's Point helps us do and take a transcript with our, our CEO um, where we went through talking about a technical challenge or a product use case and that can be spun into a white paper that then we're only working on the editing of that draft. We've recorded videos and we've used those in, you know, a bunch of different ways into smaller snippets or, or larger format, you know, longer things that are more technically heavy. And we've also taken those very, you know, technical pieces and spun them, you know, the other way, taking them back out to a more simple blog as an, as an intro to that technical topic. So I, I will say, yes, it is a challenge when you're trying to reach this kind of technical audience and you don't have a huge staff of technical writers to do that. But there are a lot of creative ways that we've gotten around it um, and and worked on, you know, kind of using that those pieces that we do get and using them across different formats, like I said, and deploying them in different you know, places along the buyer's journey or keeping them on our website um, as, as lead capture offers. And um, it, it's working for us, you know, and, and as we develop each piece, we know it's something that's that's good. It's solid. It's going to be there. And, and as Alex was talking about, you know, longevity of these things. These are not things that need to be refreshed every 60, 90 days. These are things that are going to last for, you know, a couple of years before we really have to go in and, and do any major overhaul. So, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that the technical stuff is not a hurdle, but we've been real creative, I think, in the ways that we've gotten, gotten around that. Yeah, and I think that repurposing you're talking about is hugely important, right? We do that a lot here in CMTC, right? We'll do webinars, and since COVID started, we've done a lot of webinars on workplace safety and uh, many different aspects of, you know, how to be resilient through the pandemic. A lot of those turn into blogs or white papers, 
right? Because you can take the transcript and then kind of generalize it a little bit and publish it in a different way. So maybe you've got somebody who does not come to your website and see to sign up for the webinar, but they do see your blog post because they're connected to you on LinkedIn. And so it's just another avenue, another opportunity for a touch and for that impression that you're trying to get to start that engagement conversation. And I think that's what I hear you saying there. And I think it's really powerful. Yeah, that's absolutely it. So Alex, I'll ask you this one um, as we're kind of wrapping up with the last couple of questions here. What should I expect if I'm a small mid-sized manufacturer and I, I go down this inbound journey? What should I expect to see six months in or a year in to using inbound? How, how's my business going to change? What are the, what are the measures of success? In a year, if you are consistently creating content, whether that be in the form of webinars, videos, articles, podcasts, you know, or, or something of the combination of those pieces, you know, I think you can expect to see, obviously, one metric that we start with is your website traffic. It should go up 20%, 15%. I mean, it, it, all those numbers really depend on your industry and search volume. So, you know, it really depends on a lot of the information too. You know, you want to start to see, are you getting more opportunities in the pipeline? You know, a lot of marketers go straight to, they should be leads, MQLs, SQLs, which are good things to track. An MQL is a marketing qualified lead. That's usually somebody who has engaged with either a level of content. So maybe a webinar that's very high, that's very important, um, or the number of pieces that they have. Oftentimes it can be like a lead scoring system that moves someone from a lead to an MQL. Uh, and then an SQL is a sales qualified lead, which is, you know, more of sales has identified this person is qualified, but you should really start to see, are we seeing our deals and opportunities and revenue going up? Without putting all those other things in place, if you're just creating high quality content and you're getting it in front of the right people and the right audience, you should start to see some revenue trickle up. And that could be from your sales team. Like that's the thing with inbound and content marketing is yes, you can track it all, but that doesn't mean they don't talk to a salesperson ever. I mean, Hannah and XLRF, they, that's not something that's digitized and it shouldn't be. Like it's very technical and things have to be discussed and especially manufacturing plans, samples. If someone came to your blog and visited three blogs and then called someone, that's a, that's a business win. That's not necessarily marketing claims, it's sales claims. That's, like, that's, the, that's the revenue system working. And so I think really just trying to get in a process of creating more content, getting it published to where your audience is, and you'll start to see your website trickle up. You'll start to see more, if you have it gated, more forms filled out, more leads. Uh, and ultimately, you know, the end goal, you should start to see a revenue increase from your activities. And if you haven't, you know, a lot of people like to give up after six months or three months, but it takes a while for Google to index a lot of the stuff you're creating. And it does take time for it to kick in and get traction. You also need to make sure you're, you know who your buyers are. Hannah mentioned the buyer personas. And it's important to know your buyer personas because if you don't, you could be creating content that's not relevant or helpful to your actual customer, even though you think it is. So there's there's a lot of things that can go wrong with it or that you think can go wrong with it. But creating value-based content is going to help in your, your process. That makes good sense. So I guess the last question here before we sum things up is, if I'm a small mid-sized manufacturer, this might be a little outside my domain of expertise, right? Uh, I started the business because I have expertise as an engineer or a metal bender in plastics or whatever industry, food production, whatever industry I'm in, right? If I need help, are there organizations that I can partner with to help me get the, the most out of an inbound marketing strategy? Uh, both you guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
CC and call Beacon's Point because uh, they'll get you off the ground. I mean, that that's how we how we kind of ended up with this is is we were always looking for you know grant dollars in the marketing world and and trying to figure out you know can we get something moving and off the ground. I, I guess helped a little that I had some bit of a marketing background on my side. There's a lot of resources out there online. You know, we're a HubSpot partner agency and HubSpot has a tremendous uh, amount of what they call their academy content. You can learn about what is inbound, learn about content, learn about social media, learn about email marketing. There's, I think, over 100 topics now of content that's that's around inbound and content marketing that you can learn from to get ideas, how to create a strategy, how to create personas. Uh, I mean, everything that you would need to know uh, is there at that HubSpot Academy. And HubSpot, of course, being the uh, website platform provider, right? Yeah, CRM, marketing, sales tools. Okay, so to kind of summarize, if I can, inbound marketing is really about understanding the buyer's journey. You start off with, you know, under, putting yourself in the shoes of your customers and kind of developing a persona. And these are the types of people that we think are a good fit for our product or our service. And here's how here's who we're going to go after in terms of trying to engage with them, right? And so we go through that buyer's journey of attracting and converting and closing and delighting uh, using the inbound tools, right? And it's talk about engaging through content. So the, the idea isn't to say, hey, I've got a great solution for your problem. Here it is. Buy it. It's, hey, I, I know a lot about this topic and I've got a lot of solutions. So let's, let's see how we're a good fit for you and how we can help you to solve the problems that you have. So it's more of a partner collaboration philosophy than a direct sales uh, hard close philosophy. And, and so it's part of an overall strategy. It doesn't replace uh, traditional marketing methods. Uh, I mean, trade shows and events will still happen. As a matter of fact, it goes hand in hand with those because it could offer some tools for how to more effectively and in a more targeted way follow up with leads that you might develop uh, through those kinds of events. And then we talked a little bit about the pandemic effects and the fact that, you know, the nature of work and the nature of go-to-market approaches has fundamentally changed. Uh, a lot of the world has functioned for the past year or so with uh, in, in a virtual space and doing things from a distance, doing things over virtual meetings. And, and so that's probably not going away. And these tools equip, equip you in a unique way to be able to participate in that new virtual go-to-market portion of what's going to be happening in the economy. It won't replace everything, but it's a portion of it. There are lots of opportunities that, that come out of having a, an inbound marketing approach. Uh, drive much more traffic to your website and interactions, but also getting into different kinds of leads that can be, get produced and that turn into real sales and impact your revenues fairly quickly. And uh, there's also opportunities, I think, from what we talked about for repurposing content. If I do a webinar, I can turn it into an ebook or a blog or a white paper also and use the same piece of content two and three and four times in two and three and four vehicles to reach a broader audience, to try to reach people in whatever channel is their preferred channel of interacting and learning. And so those are the key takeaways that I got from this. Did I miss anything, Alex or Hannah? I think you summed it up well. That was, that was it. Yeah, yeah, I wish I said that as quick and eloquent as you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had two very good teachers to listen to. And, and so you, you guys, you, I think you guys did a great job. And I really want to thank you both for joining me today and for sharing your perspectives and insights uh, with me and with our listeners. Thanks for having me. That was great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, and to our listeners, I'd like to thank you for joining us for this conversation with Alex Mead and Hannah Going on digital and inbound marketing. Thank you so much. Have a great day and stay safe and healthy. Thank you for listening to Shifting Gears, a podcast from CMTC. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and post it on your social media platforms. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast directory. For more information on our topic, 
please visit www.cmtc.com slash shifting gears. CMTC is a private nonprofit organization that provides technical assistance, workforce development, and consulting services to small and medium-sized manufacturers throughout the state of California. CMTC's mission is to serve as a trusted advisor, providing solutions that increase the productivity and competitiveness of California's manufacturers. CMTC operates under a cooperative agreement for the state of California with the Hollings Manufacturing Extension Partnership Program, MEP, at the National Institutes of Standards and Technology within the Department of Commerce. For more information about CMTC, please visit www.cmtc.com. For more information about the MEP National Network or to find your local MEP center, visit www.nist.gov forward slash MEP.